What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Lachlan and Jack from Mansion Air over a Zoom video. Both Lachlan and Jack are from Sydney, actually like a peninsula within Sydney, not from the Sydney city itself, but from a peninsula, I think they said, just a little north of there. They both didn't really come from musical households. Jack grew up in the church and started on guitar at a very early age. Lachlan has a funny story about how his sister got a guitar when she was younger and then he found it and broke one of the strings and kind of put it away thinking, you know, that was going to be the end of the world. But a couple of years later, he ended up taking guitar lessons with that guitar. Lachlan talked about attending college for jazz guitar and while there realized that he was absolutely obsessed with producing and writing music on the computer. So he ended up changing his major. Jack played in a couple bands. One of them had some, some success. So out of high school, he spent a year pursuing that band. And when the, the band fizzled out, Lachlan and Alex had already started writing music together. They asked Jack to sing on it and that song ended up taking off once they put it onto SoundCloud. So we hear that story. The challenge of now we have a song that's doing really well, but it's the only song we have, how they kind of overcame that. They talked about the success of the song Astronaut coming to the United States and playing with, with radio play and how that differed from the first few times they had toured here in the United States. They tell us where they were when lockdown happened how that affected this new record and all about the new record, which is called Happiness Guaranteed. You can watch our interview with Lachlan and Jack on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Mansion Air. Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I believe uh, Jack's joining us. He was just on, like he was waiting for his Lyft driver or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He just, he just texted me saying he's going to be. Yeah, sorry, I'm late. I I had a my computer it, it was built in 1985. It seems <laughs> and I can't just do. You know when you just know you know you're like oh this computer's it might be time for a new one. Right, right. It's like you're you're at that you're at that point. <laughs> yeah, just like plugging you plug like a USB and I was gonna like set up my interface so you'd have better audio and then. Like the whole computer just goes, I'm like, uh, oh, okay, cool. all good, all good. I appreciate you uh, being here. I wasn't sure if it was just gonna be uh, Jack or if if everyone's showing up or it, it's gonna be the two of you. Yeah, or- two of us. The oh. Alex, the third third guy, is I think currently on a plane back to Australia. So. Oh wow, no worries. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is a podcast about you guys and your journey in music. I want to, and we'll talk about obviously the new record and how you guys got to where you are now. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So, how long have you been doing it for? 
Um, I've been doing the podcast since 2018, but um, I was on the radio. Actually, we've met uh, before a, long, a while back. Um, I used to be on a radio station in San Diego called 91X, and you guys did a... We did the, uh, we did the, the song. We did... Was it the Wooden Studio? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and well, you guys were supposed. I don't work there anymore. Um, but yeah, I I worked between that station and one in San Francisco for like seventeen years. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, this started doing. There's way more people that were willing to do interviews because I was doing yeah. it like once a week, just as kind of like a hobby. Yeah. And the pandemic hits, and no one's touring, and no one's doing anything, and they have records coming out, so. I was able to just start doing this, man, full time. So yeah. it's been great. Oh, man. Um, You're doing podcasts before they were cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. It was random. I actually pitched it to that station. They're like, no, nah, we're good. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's a piece of paper. Do you mind signing this? So I own the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you guys were supposed to play. I'll cut all the shit out because it's not fun of it. But uh you guys were supposed to play our our like summer festival X Fest with Beck yeah. and Death Cab, and then it got canceled. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that was twenty eighteen, maybe. I think it's two thousand eighteen. Can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's weird. I've definitely done like a block of all things pre twenty twenty. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh but yeah man it's good to see you again yeah you you guys did like three or four songs in that uh wooden studio yeah i remember that I remember that was that was showing up and we were exhausted because we i think we were mid tour i think and and then um i think the day before we'd just done or maybe like two days before we'd just done something at a different a different like radio station acoustic set sort of thing mm -hmm. and it was like uh, I can't remember the station, but I remember it just being like um, pretty, pretty like rough and like, <laughs> or pretty just like, you know, they were like, oh, we're just, can you, can you just do vocals and guitar? Like, oh, we don't own any guitar. Like we don't have guitars. And it was all very like, my brain was prepped for just like, oh, let's just, we just have to get it done. And then we get there and it's like this amazing studio with like, everyone was super friendly the engineers sick yeah. and i was like oh my god it's like world-class production sort of thing <laughs> oh at ours or at uh that one at yours one? yeah 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 we, we yeah we had a yeah. yeah they had a we had a pretty good setup going on there i think you guys did yeah the wooden studio because we were working with another person in that was like right on the beach and uh then he was getting booked up all the time so we were able to make a deal with that guy at a studio it was like called phaser control and um yeah, yeah it was, that, that was a cool like aesthetically it looked dope too yeah so yeah. um but yeah man uh and then like yeah the pandemic hits and no one's touring and no one's doing shit and that radio yeah. station is we're like driving i had to get we had to get like these fema cards that basically said that you were like a um like an essential worker to like go to it was the most bizarre yeah. thing people are freaking out it was like yeah Wow. And I'm like, my contract was coming to an end. I'm like, well, let's just go ahead and just roll the dice here. And see yeah. What happens. <laughs> wow. So, um, but yeah, dude, um, I missed it. Yeah. So we didn't get us. Did you guys play San Diego? I can't remember. I don't think we've ever played San Diego. No, I don't I think, think we, you did. I we think drove you just down for that. And then that was it. Yeah. I think you guys just came down because we, you were playing our, our, uh, like I said, the festival thing and yeah. Yeah, that was a bummer. I just think it wasn't selling. 
not that it was your guys' fault, but like even like it was Beck and Death Cab and like Yeah, I think I remember that and being like, that's gonna be amazing. And then surprised yeah, just, that like San Diego's a is a intro I I've since since moved to Nashville. So I'm in Tennessee now. Cool. Um, which I absolutely love. My family and I, we just moved. Like I have two kids and me and my wife and two kids, we just were like, let's just try something new. And we moved out here. Um, but it, it, yeah, it was like San Diego's a weird city when it comes to shows. I think there's just too much shit happening all the time that. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. How's, how's Nashville been? I absolutely love it here. Absolutely love it. It's just such a different vibe. I mean, I grew up in California, born and raised in Sandy, between, like I said, San, San Diego and San Francisco. And all I knew was California. And then I came out here and it's just like totally, <laughs> totally different world here in the South. But yeah, but uh, it's it's cool, man. It's really cool. Um, are you in Sydney still? I'm living in Sydney, but I'm in LA at the moment for a couple of weeks. Oh, um, cool. Just doing some, like we, we finished, we, our tour finished two days ago. Yeah, you guys just finished up, right? Yeah, just just finished up. Um, and then oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh, yep. Um, cool. Yo. Oh. <laughs> you guys. So you're you just finished wrapped up, and now you're in LA or still in yeah, LA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Just in LA for for a couple of weeks what's up jack how are you man i'm good man sorry about my tardiness i uh still no, getting a little bit a little bit used to not being on tour and being in charge of my own schedule no dude no worries <laughs> uh, again i appreciate you being here it's, it's nice to see you again yes i know I was, I was i was just uh talking to lachlan and just telling him like yeah we met like a like in 2018, maybe when you, I worked for a radio station in San Diego and you guys did that like acoustic ish set where you, we, you had that, there was that wood studio and you, we, you did like three or four songs or something like that. Yeah. I remember it really well. I was actually, I was talking, do you remember Molly? I was talking to Molly about it the other day. I was like, cause it was like her first, uh, one of her first like radio trips with us. Oh, she was really? Like the, yeah. She, she's, yeah. We were just, we were just having a good laugh and how much fun we had on that little trip then. Yeah, because I was we were talking. You guys were supposed to play our like summer festival thing, and then it didn't end up happening with like Beck and Death Cab. But breaking, yes. <laughs> what? Because why? Wait, why did it not happen? I'm trying to remember why it didn't happen. Uh, do you want the real answer? <laughs> was it was it bad tickets? Well, yeah, because yeah, Beck and Death Cab couldn't sell the tickets that they expected them to sell. Yeah. But, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like almost heritage acts to just realize that you don't have the ticket pool you used to. Yeah. I'm going to cut all this out, but I, it just is interesting because I was telling Lachlan, like, yeah, like San Diego's a weird market when it comes to that stuff. And that station, did try. we tried to do three other shows. Like We we had two big shows a year. It was X-Fest and uh, Rex the Halls, which was the, was the Christmas one. And both of them were always big and sold out and the bills were always insane. And just as the years progressed, like they weren't booking the, the bigger artists that I think would sell. And then it just became like we, they, we had to cancel so many of them. It was sad. It was like to the point where people were like, oh, here's your lineup. Like, is it actually going to happen this year? <laughs> like, mm. yeah. So it got bad. But um, I don't know what they're doing. They haven't they haven't even booked one since. But 
I'm not there anymore. I'm in, I'm in Nashville. I moved and this is my di- my gig from here All on right. out. So, um, but yeah, so this podcast, this podcast is about the both of you. Uh, your, I want to know about your individual kind of journeys in music and then how you met. And we'll talk about the new record, which I love and, you know, the success of the band. And obviously we can chat about your tour that you just did and, and everything else. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Are you both from Sydney and do you know each other growing up or anything? Yeah. Yeah. We, we both, well, all three of us are from Sydney and all from like, it's called like the Northern beaches. It's like a specific just north of the city, maybe like an hour, hour and a bit north. Um, and yeah, we all, we all sort of like, it's, it's definitely not like a small town. Like it's still part of Sydney, but mm-hmm. it, they call it the insular peninsula. Cause it's kind of like, if you don't, if you live there, it's very rare that you actually like go into the city. Cause it's, cause it's beautiful. It's like beaches and there's like one road in and one road out. Oh wow! So like, so it just means that like everyone who's there usually just like stays there. So everyone kind of knows everybody, and for that reason, it's kind of got a weird small town energy, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all knew each other just through like school, and like this was also in 2012 or so when it was like, hey, have you heard of like this type of electronic music? And there was mm-hmm. only like a hand, like me and Alex were the only two people that we knew that liked, you know, that sort of style of music. Everyone was into like indie rock and all this sort of stuff and, and other, other genres. And we were like, Hey, we like electronic stuff. And it was like rare <laughs> to find like another person who liked electronic music. So, and then Jack and I went to school together for a little, same school for a little bit, but a couple years difference. And then, um yeah it's one of these things you we always kind of everyone knows of each other but we only really the band was the glue of like oh we all know that we like similar types of music and we would like to give making music a go band became the glue that stuck it all together amazing uh jack were were you grown did you grow up in a musical household at all um yeah i did not in necessarily a household i grew up in like a church um, oh, cool. So I was like always really around instruments. My parents like ran a church, and I'd always like be. I, I just always remember like coming home, coming to the like to the church after school, and like just playing the drums. So I was like always very like surrounded by music, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like <clears throat> I guess like, yeah, maybe just part of growing up in a church. It carries that. Sorry, can you hear me? Okay, I just feel like there's been a bit of an escalation in this song. Yeah, they, I think they started cranking up the, the tune a little bit, but I could hear you. Okay, <laughs> that, it's, they stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> they heard me. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, always around it. I mean, it's funny okay. that Rob mentions, like, everyone being into indie, into indie music because that was me. I was on the other side of the camp. Um, I was, uh, yeah, just obsessed with, like, King DeLeon and uh-huh. the Strokes and kind of, like, folkier stuff as well so um when Locke was like do you want to sing on my electronic project I was like yeah okay oh Um, interesting so you weren't even you weren't necessarily into electronic at that time I just didn't think I understood it Um, okay but I'm so glad I do now because I yeah I'm I'm really grateful for Locke and Al for just being like hey come sing on this thing because yeah it's it's awesome man yeah 
That's cool. I, I've I've actually interviewed a handful of musicians that came up through the church because I mean, it's you probably did you play in the church like gospel band like were you yeah. in that and everything? Yeah, it's like I mean you have what like an audience of probably a couple hundred people every single time you play, so you're yeah. getting used to not only playing with people but playing in front of a crowd of people, and it's just, it's interesting how you know I'm sure that was very helpful to you guys or to you when you started bands and started performing yeah i think it was it already came as such a natural thing because i was doing it since i was like six like i was oh, wow. you know i sung like the christmas carols on the in the oval every every year and you know with my high really really high voice i mean it's still high now you can imagine what it sounded like back then but um <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. It's funny. I haven't really thought about it in like a really long time. So it's yeah, nice to nice to be asked that question. I think that's cool. And you said drums. Were you a drummer first? Is that your first instrument? No, I think I think drums have always been the thing that I could never really play, and I think that's probably why I have such a childish, uh, like uh, whatever the word is, childish um, obsession with them. Okay. I'll leave that to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I didn't know because you said you'd come home and, and drum. So I wasn't sure if that was something that you were like doing actively or when, you know, or a hobby. But what was the first instrument you learned? Um, my friend gave me like a nylon acoustic string guitar at like seven. And I guess oh, that wow. was the first. Yeah, I had like a little, little tape player and one of those like old beatbox drum machines. And that was my introduction into, into making my own music. It, that early like at you said at seven you got the guitar and then was it just a couple of years later you kind of progressed with think, with yeah that? i think the, i think the first memory i ever have of like actively creating a song would have been seven and it was with like the, the one of the guys in the church band who like brought over this like tape thing and we wrote a song together and i was like oh this wow is, this is a really amazing feeling i mean i love i don't feel like i've ever told you any of this <laughs> I love that. That's cool. Then uh, you guys are learning something about each other. <laughs> <laughs> and did you continue on? I mean, did you play in a band or anything? I mean, prior to you guys meeting? Um, yeah, I was in a little indie rock band. We like had some goals and we were just, like, I spent a year after school, like trying to break into the Sydney music scene. And um, I think I reached some goals that I had wanted. And then I was like, cool, I'm going to pack it up. And in between me wanting to pack it up and, finishing it block came into the equation and was like yo come oh wow come sing, come sing on this and yeah it's just one of those weird really serendipitous moments yeah did you uh go to college for music or to university for school or no, no. just the band you finished high school and you're like okay i'm gonna do the band thing and then yeah and after that kind of dissolved you met lachlan and then the band starts yeah, my resume right. looks terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If it came to music, you could be like, you know, we've done all this. We have a <laughs> Grammy nomination. We've, you know, millions of streams. I guess if you're trying to go into apply for some like accounting job or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you'd be surprised though. You learn some pretty interesting accounting skills being in a band. watching. Oh, people sure. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could use a lot of this stuff that, you know, business management, <laughs> travel <laughs> travel agents um you had a lot of stuff well logan yeah. what about you man like how did, did you grow up in a musical household at all um no my, my family's not particularly musical like immediate family i know i started playing music because 
I think they, my parents are going to older sister and she, they tried to get her to play some sort of instrument and they gave, they gave her an, another, a nylon acoustic guitar as well. That's cool. And she didn't take to it at all. She was just like, don't care. Put it in. So she put it in a cupboard and I found it. Oh, I can't remember. I was probably like five or six. Um, and I found it in the cupboard one day and was like, Ooh, what's this? And like, tried to like, you know, turn, I was like, okay, that does that. If you tighten that, that turns the strings up and makes it go higher and whatnot. And then I broke a string and I panicked. Um, and I was like, Oh, I'm in so much trouble. I've just snapped the string on this guitar. So I like hit it in the back of the cupboard again and like essentially like put my introduction to music on hold for like another year. And I always think about like what would have happened if I've just been like, Oh, I broke a string. But like, you know, it's so funny how that is because it's like a string costs what like a buck and like you just assume that it's got to be so expensive you're like oh shit like i just broke a string on this guitar like what am i gonna do i can't tell anybody about it (laughs) yeah i am in so much trouble oh my god (laughs) um but yeah and then so did that like just sort of taught myself that for a little bit and then um eventually yeah, mom and dad were like, oh, let's like get him some lessons and whatnot. And then it's pretty, it was, it was good. It was like kind of pretty clear from that point on that I think I knew pretty early that I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And this is what I love. And, um, and yeah. And so did, did like, you have to confess to the broken string? Was it like years later you were like, okay, here, like here's the guitar and here's the broken string. Like, I actually really want to learn this. Like, how did, how did it come around? just crazy i still have this guitar like i still have it somewhere and now it's just like been completely decimated like uh, it's it's had because now it's like i i see it for what it is it's probably like a 50 dollar, 30 dollar like guitar from mm-hmm. and so i've like i've tried to like i've drilled holes in it to like try and change the sound and i've like i've completely like dismantled this thing to try and like experiment with a little bit um and, and i don't think i've ever like fessed up to the oh, really of it. no and even the string like so when you're when you came around your parents came to you and said hey do you want to learn guitar is that what happened is that what you said yeah yeah and were they like we're gonna buy you a new one or were they like where's that guitar that we your sister had or, or... they were probably just like oh guitars have five strings and so big. oh so like, that was it okay <laughs> so the, like, you you just grabbed the one and, and you just rolled with the with the, the with that it. same oh he, that's so funny a guitar teacher eventually was like hey you're missing a string let me <laughs> quickly fix that for you yeah let me pull one out of my bag for free yeah <laughs> <laughs> three cents uh, sure yeah. Oh, wow. So with that, like, were you writing music early on too? Like Jack was? Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a, I had like a, an auntie who was very astute to like, could see that I was really, really into music. And she gave me like a little handheld recorder, like almost like one of those like um, voice memo recorders before iPhones were around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And um yeah i i used that like i remember we went on like a holiday with with my auntie and cousins and whatnot and she gave me that for the holiday and was like go record some stuff and i just remember being like oh my god you can record things like you can just i could just sit here and like have an audio record it was like pretty good audio recording for the time as well Mm -hmm. um and that was i was probably like 
10 or 11 and that was my first like oh cool you can record things and you can write songs and then record the songs and then have a have thing it. yeah have a thing that exists do you have any of those recordings or are they just gone oh i reckon if i dug really hard i could probably find them they're somewhere yeah. you should they're look them like, i mean how cool would that be like like some you know like artifact of yeah you at 10 i remember the songs i remember <laughs> the songs that do I you really that's cool yeah um but yeah no and then i think and then from there it was just like like hooked completely and then mm-hmm. remember we did like had a computer that had audacity which like the recording software the yeah, free yeah. recording software you could do multiple multi-track stuff and mm-hmm. that was like my introduction into like writing on a, on a computer and is that when you been... started to get into electronic music? Like, when did that kind of happen? And prior to the like that recording with the guitar, were you in a, like a band, any band, or or? I never really did the band thing. Like, I recorded some songs with some friends in high school that Jack and I actually found recently, and it's terribly cringe. It's just <laughs> me singing, and like, I am not a singer. I I very much know my place in that respect. Um, and it's me singing. I don't know why I'm singing. I never, never had any ambition to be a singer. Jack, did you, would you sing those? Like you, like when you heard the songs, was it something like you, we should, uh, let me, let me get a go at these. Um, <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> Look, I'm sure if we were on the other side of the equation, Mark would say the exact same thing about. About your previous project. <laughs> Oh man, it was just, I think the sound of those songs are just, they're the time we were sure. in, right? It was the limitations of recording. It was the the cringiness of some of the music that we listened to. Like, Well, there's got to be yeah. something special there. Like hearing it, you're probably like, oh, like I remember why. Like just even listening back, even for you, Locke, you probably can think like, oh, I remember what I was listening to. Or I remember what influenced me to write these these songs. Mm, yeah for sure like um yeah they're little time capsules sure they don't make sense but yeah i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to have them revisit them (laughs) i mean i mean there's there's songs that we wrote six months ago that i would die if they came out so like (laughs) really how much that compounds into you know, each year you go back into your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that is. And it's like this recorded thing that at any moment, like, you know, it could, somebody could find it <laughs> if you don't lock it away. <laughs> this is, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to say this, but I'm also going to say it. There are some things on YouTube that could, you know, that could ruin Manchinez, at least taste making music i doubt uh, it i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> everyone that, ha- actually, everyone starts somewhere everyone starts really, somewhere. there's a really good video of me singing a bob dylan song at a pub in sydney getting heckled um on youtube if, if you ever felt like having a oh, look um, i'm digging for I've that left, thing after this i've left it there um, that's awesome just because i think it's a really awesome memory <laughs> yeah it's like it's how did you handle the heckling did you just keep going yeah yeah it was, it was fine he was drunk who cares yeah. like, it's that's pretty, funny 
if anything, it made the set more interesting for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, well, Locke, okay, so you got you have these songs that came out in high school or you, you, you're recording with some friends. And then how does it go to, um, you know, do, is, is, does that project kind of end and then you continue working on music? Like what, what's kind of the next step there in your journey? Yeah, I mean, everything I've said so far, like I was... 10 or 11 when all this was happening so like i was never i think i had always kind of resigned myself to being i was like i really liked writing i went to uni to do um jazz guitar oh wow a little bit and then so you're a really good guitar player then if you can play jazz guitar and then get into school for it i think i was a really good jazz guitarist but i remember like throughout that time i was like the i mean you know the movie whiplash yeah yeah it's just like everyone's just obsessed like i uni uh music for uni is like not that intense but it's like a little bit of that energy where it's just like everyone's just like so hungry and i remember being like in a, in a jazz ensemble class where you all sit around and you you like take turns playing over jazz standards and looking at the like all the guitarists would sit next to each other and it, we, you would sort of like all the guitarists would have a go and then it would move on to the trumpet players and saxophonists and all sorts of so, so stuff and i remember just looking at the other guitarists being like god damn you guys really love guitar and i i love guitar but you guys really really love guitar and they were practicing eight hours a day and I was struggling to like practice for one hour a day. I was like, wow, if I've done an hour a day, it's like going to the gym. That's, that's, you know, good work. Mm -hmm. And then, but what I realized is that I was also writing and making like beats on reason, the software I had at the yeah. time for eight hours a day and not even really realizing that I was doing that. So I was like writing all this sort of stuff and going, Oh, I got to find time to like, practice guitar and I'll just do that for an hour so I can get back to like making writing and composing stuff. And then at one point I had a teacher who kind of clocked on and was like, Hey, maybe you should be doing composition rather than jazz guitar performance. Mm -hmm. And then that was like a switch. And I was like, Oh yeah, duh. Of course that makes so much sense. Um, so I switched over and then, and then yeah, did the rest of the degrees started interning at a studio getting coffees and cleaning up dishes and got to use the studio when, when the people I was interning for weren't, weren't using it. And then mm -hmm. that was cool. kind of, that was the studio that, that me and Alex had started hanging out. Um, that's probably like 21 at this point. And that was a studio where it was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's, let's like make some, some stuff together. And then that was a studio that I was like, Hey Jack, do you want to come record vocals on this thing that we've made together? And, and then, mansion air kind of happened from there so um well i'm curious because in the band you don't play guitar at all right there's no real guitar i mean there's guitars I, I in don't. the recordings but you don't like live you don't play guitar i used to i think but then we just realized that we were writing all this music where there was three there's three of us and so much of the music has like 10 layers so i was like right. oh man jack kind of needs to play guitar and then i need to play like bass and synths and all the other stuff going on mm -hmm. so 
yeah, it's and then sometimes I play guitar in some songs where we can make it work. But um, I was yeah, because I haven't. I, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to see you guys live other than that that one that one kind of stripped down set. And at that during that set, you were playing keys or. And then, and Jack was just singing. Like there, there was yeah. no one was playing guitar. So I found that interesting that you went to college for jazz guitar. And yeah. at least in the set that I saw. So live, um, I feel dumb asking this question, but live, you do, you'll play guitar still, Jack, like through the whole set? Yeah. I, yeah, I probably play like 65, 70% of this current set. Okay. Um, and then Locke plays guitar on two songs. Um, it's funny, Locke's such a better guitarist than I am. So it's like, one, I've had to get so much better in order to play the lines he writes. And two, sometimes I'm just like, can you just play it as well? Um, uh-huh. But I prefer, yeah, I enjoy like being a part of the band. I think singing, like, the first few years during, I just sang. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just, I found it, I liked it, but um, I wanted to be in, you know, in it as well, in the, you know, the basis of the music. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely still think like guitar is like a real main part of our band. I think it's just always like trinkled along the top at the end. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I listen to the song, I mean, you can hear guitars, but I may, but when I, like I said, when I saw you guys, it was, you know, a flo- I think, uh, Alex is just playing like a floor, like a floor drum and or <laughs> like a bong. I don't even know what it's called. I'm so bad. But, and then, you were just singing and and Locke was playing keys and all the songs sounded awesome, obviously, but it was, I didn't like to hear that you're playing guitar just for me. It was like, Oh, okay. Like, I mean, yeah, it's love, cool. That's I'd rad. love for you to come. I'd love for you to come see our live show because it is worlds away from what you've already, what, what you've I've seen. <laughs> but like yeah. you guys hadn't played San Diego, like well, you were going to play that show and then you didn't do it. And then I moved to Nashville and uh, did you guys just play here on this last tour? Yeah, no, we, we couldn't find a venue. We had, when we rescheduled our tour, we um, had to knock off the last few dates in Texas and Nashville. That's what I thought. Because uh, I think you were supposed yeah. to come through here before that tour got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not losing my mind. I'm like, did I miss this? Like, what? What, <laughs> what happened? Um, but we have a Promise venue we'll for you, you know. so you should you should come play it. We're we're working with a company right now to kind of get it off the ground. So that'd be killer oh. if you did that. Uh, but anyway, back to you all. Um, so you already had the tracks then written then locking for what the few first few songs, and then you eventually run into to Jack again and say, "Hey, do you want to come sing these sing on these?" Uh, yeah, me and me and Alex were just making stuff. Like we weren't really thinking too hard about it. Um, mm-hmm. and we, we literally just made like one song. Um, and that was the one that I sent to Jack and Jack sung on it. And, and then, and then we just, we were like, Oh, we'll just put it on SoundCloud. Cause that's what you do. Like, and all our friends will listen to it and that'll be, that'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we, we watched, like, we put it on SoundCloud, I think on like New Year's Eve, which it's like a weird time to put out music but we didn't care because we were like, right. which put our music, like we're just for our friends and family to listen to. And I remember watching the play count, like the SoundCloud gives you like a daily thing. And it's like, yeah. today, three people listen to your song. And we're like, cool. It's like today, next day, 10 people listen to your song. The next day, 30 people listen to your song. 
The next day, 100 people listen to your song. The next day, 300 people listen to your song. We were like, holy shit, like 300 people in one day listen to our song. And then it started going back down and it was like, today, 10 people, today, yeah. two people. We were like, cool, wow, what a, what a, a success. And then out of the blue, it jumped to like, today, 500 people listen to your song. Today, 2,000 people listen to your song. Today, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000. We were like, what is going on? People, we were getting emails from like people in the music industry being like, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. And sure uh, we'd love to we'd love for you to sit down with our team and can you send us any more demos that you have and and we were like we literally we don't have anything like this is the only thing we have that we've made the guy like jack and alex hadn't actually properly met hadn't been in the same room together yet oh wow like so this is just like, like you guys made a song and it was just like oh hey do you mind coming to sing on this and then that was it and then it was, that that, was you, it. You, there was no like real thought to having a full band or was mansion air the thing yet or was it just like oh let's just see what let's just throw this up to see what happens alex and i we were like we need a name for the band what do we call it and then we called it mansions because we liked the way that it looked it was always like very like phonetically uh, sorry not phonetically like design wise it was all yeah, very, yeah. like all caps it looks very like slick um, slick <laughs> um and then and then we put out the song and the song started getting some traction. And then we were like, oh crap, like um, there's a band already called Mansions. I think they're an American band and they already had Mansions music at SoundCloud. They already had uh, all the things. And we were like, oh damn, like, but we already had a song out. So we were like, how do we, we have to change it to something similar because we can't just change it to like, a totally different band name and confuse all these people. It needs to be like within the realm. So, but yeah, if you go to our SoundCloud, our SoundCloud like URL is still mansions, you know, and we sat around for ages being like, what are we called? Is it like the mansion, the mansion nights, the mansion, like just coming up with, and then we were like mansion air. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. That's close enough. That doesn't, that doesn't feel too, out of the realm that feels okay i was just looking on to see if this band still exists and they have been releasing music not near to the capacity or to the success you guys have achieved so <laughs> but i was like is this even a band because i'll see that sometimes people like take a name and then somebody comes after them and it's like they have like 30 followers and no mm. you know haven't done anything for eight years um but that, that so was that seasons is that the song you're talking about or is it before that no, song called Hold Me Down. Oh, so Hold like Me Down. So that was the first one you put out? Yeah. This is very oh, I didn't realize that. Been. Okay. And does that go to Triple J? Like, how did, or was that the next step? Like, after, so what happens when it starts doing well? Like, doing well on SoundCloud, people are like, hey, let's, uh, you know, yeah. let's chat. At, at that point, what do you guys do? Panic a lot for a long time. <laughs> Lots of panic. Um, uh, and then, we met with, we almost signed the rights to the song away, stupidly, accidentally. Like someone was like, we're going to pay you like $5,000. We were like, oh my God, $5,000. They were like, here's a contract. Just sign this and we will give you $5,000 for that song. 
and I yeah almost did and then went well that's really dumb um well what do you know I mean how would you know right horrible thing it's like yeah yeah. it was just like people come you know sharks in the water sort of thing right Um, but five thousand dollars you're like oh we just wrote this one song and it's five thousand dollars like you know that 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 sounds pretty good I mean I would Mm -hmm. imagine that's a really difficult decision to make i mean obviously you made the, the the right one but like at some point you could think like oh well five grand like w- will we be able to do this again or like what's the the plan yeah. moving forward is this the top is this the peak mm-hmm. um and you don't know um but yeah and then i think we just we were like okay we, it sounds like we need to go write some more songs so we just spent ages trying we we teamed up we had met managers and sort of started getting our like music industry education at that point a lot of trial by fire um Mm -hmm. and yeah and then then we were like all right let's let's just keep writing we wrote for ages we wrote for like years probably and like sort of peppered songs out as we went but like what was really nice is that our managers who we were still with now um they were like don't rush it like go go away learn how to be a band like jack wasn't formally in the band at that point and we mm-hmm. thought we were going to be like a production duo that had singers come in oh yeah like feature different vocalists yeah and then we were like oh, actually no like let's let's be a let's be a band let's be like the three of us um and and then yeah and then that was sort of the the way yeah, we, 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 we had to go back, I think, and do the thing that lots of bands do, which is like cut their teeth playing shows and making mistakes and all sorts of stuff. And we, we had to kind of do that whilst we had like people going, hey, where's the next song coming out? We've mm-hmm. got like, you know, record labels being like, hey, you've gone quiet for a year. Like we want to keep the you know momentum, all that sort of stuff moving. But we needed to go back and, and do do all that like make all those mistakes i think that you that any any band kind of goes through where they're just mm-hmm. like playing yeah. in the garage and like yeah that's difficult to have that success and then have people be like okay now it's next and you're like oh i didn't realize this is gonna do what it's gonna do mm. yeah i mean i yeah i mean for the record like it lock makes it sound like it was a little you know it was fine we just went back and wrote like it was fucking hard oh i'd imagine that it was i i mean yeah and to be honest i kind of i'm kind of seeing it now with the whole tick not to go into it but like with this whole viral thing that's like emerged again on tiktok like Mm -hmm. i like i feel like i almost i'm quite young but i like i still i feel like oh you guys like that have these viral moments like i hope you guys handle it better than we did like because it's like when you're and like, man, we're still writing about it. Like, happiness guaranteed is about is like is about us like trying to like put this whole idea of chasing success aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I feel like you know there's been a strain. I mean, deeply personally to me, I know boys probably feel this too, but I'll speak for myself here. Is like chasing this idea like of a rival and like, oh, then I'll be happy and like, oh, I just need this song to do this and this and that. And man, I yeah, I like the year between releasing hold me down officially which, like the labels released we signed a record deal and they put it out officially and then and until we, we, we released the next song it was fucking weird it was just like 
it was like we were trying to figure out how to like hang out with each other and be friends and like make music and like be honest and like I personally don't think it was until the song Easier when we were like okay here we are this is us and that song you know like I felt like did like a really like it, it made you know it did well and mm-hmm. like I think that was like a really like nice moment for us to be like whoa if we're like honest and open and personal with each other and our audience like that is the that's the peak that's the moment that we want to like keep hitting and yeah it's funny man I feel like I have to remind myself that every day like still like having albums out and stuff it's a it's such a weird we really we did it all backwards <laughs> we could go back and do it again I'd, I'd like to do all the pre-work before having a song that puts you into the spotlight because it's yeah shit got weird <laughs> yeah i I've, I've and i've interviewed people that have had those recent viral tiktok moments and it's like and i've been and i've asked them i'm like what do you do do you try to chase what you just did do you try to regurgitate the same song to try to make it happen again and it's like and a lot of people are like i don't i'm just trying to figure that out like i don't know because yeah. you don't want to write the same song you don't write hold me down again and see and hope that oh it worked the first time let's see if it'll work again but then it's also like i have all these eyes on me are we gonna be able to land the same way that you know we did prior yeah do you know it's interesting um on uh the the guys who manage us um also manage gotier oh really and like He's a great example, I think. He's like a, you know, what happens when you, oh. when you have like the biggest song in the world, like a generation, the decade-defining song. Yeah, it's like, like a nostalgic do? hit for even like fourteen-year-old kids. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's what, so what, weird. Like that's he got to the like quote-unquote like top of the mountain, and like what do you do when that happens? And that was happening to him while we were yeah. like sorting our, our you know, early days of our music journey. And his response was just like, I'm not going to go chase that. I'm not going to go try and make somebody that I used to know part two. I'm going to go find what I'm curious about in music and use the success of that song to like fund it basically. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to go off hunting for, you know, the, something that I'm like really excited about because that somebody that I used to know came from him going off and finding something that he was really excited about. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I could either try and like do part two of that song, or I could just run the formula again of like going and finding something that I'm interested in and ex- genuinely excited about. And if mm-hmm. it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But like, that that seems to be like the ethos now for us. It's like just keep chasing chasing the, the thing that makes you curious rather than chasing the thing that you think other people are gonna like. Um, right. Yeah. Which is such like a I mean even such no brainer, but like to, at the same time, yeah. Even to expand on that, like I feel like one thing that I've been really trying to realize lately is like um when you when you like writing something or creating something and you're being like i think people will like this it's all guesswork it's like it's all just like going like people have liked this in the past and maybe this will work but if you're like making something that you intangibly love and adore and think is awesome then you're like that's a knowing that's like that's like 
inside you and like that same thing that makes you tick and like you love then there's like this human core inside everyone that like Mm -hmm. there's bound to be other people that appreciate that and I think that like that is like always like the guiding force and I think something that we've learned over a number of years is like just do what we love and we get lost along the way but it's 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 exciting man it's like it's a really what a beautiful thing to be reminded of it's like just mm-hmm. do what you know and like grow within that rather than try and guess to what other people i don't know again like i'm seeing it on tiktok where people like make hundreds of like really poppy videos and they all just like fall by the wayside and like it's like it's it's so much harder to guess it's so much harder to guess and yeah i mean right yeah, right just, no it's and it's and it's interesting because the like when those things start popping off like the you know on tiktok like a challenge or whatever it's like somebody's going to do something and it's going to take off and then 500 million people are going to try to emulate it and it's not going to happen. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're not being authentic about it. This first person was, and that's why it worked out. And then everyone else that's trying to copy it isn't going to be able to achieve what, what that one person did in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there's also this trap though that I feel like people fall into where they say, they go off and they be authentic quote unquote and then it doesn't work like mm. everyone thinks it's just like oh if i'm just authentic then the the millions of followers and blah 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 will come and it's like no that doesn't ha- that's it's, not that's inauthentic yeah yeah right, yeah. right. i guess that's, yeah that's like throw out all that stuff and if you're being authentic, it means you don't mind if the millions of fans come or you don't mind if it's like, I was talking to a guy yesterday who was like, who he was, he used to do music and he doesn't anymore. And we were just talking about like getting off tour and being, I was like, I'm tired. Like I had fun, but I'm really tired and really run down, play the same songs every night, which is really grateful for that. But at the same time, like, there's a reality of where you're like, I'm just, I'm tired. This is a slog. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, I used to play music a lot, but now I don't anymore. And and now I, he's, he's like a practicing doctor. And I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I bet you, you probably, you probably love music way more now than you did when you were like slogging to try and like get just like, cause you just removed the like, the the feeling of like oh, i've got to like climb the ladder of music and he's like now i just play music because i love it and i was like i bet you're enjoying it more now than you ever did when you were like trying to right because now it's not a job it. it's not like something that you have to do you're like oh like i gotta go do this now it's like it, yeah. it, to have something i mean not that you guys feel that way but i'm just saying like maybe it's because this person at one point, you know, that, that was what they, yeah. Like they're, you're trying to invest all, everything into it and, and try to do whatever you can to kind of jump through hoops to make it happen. And then it doesn't. And you kind of, I would imagine you kind of get defeated at that point. And like to, to you guys, because you, not that you didn't put the effort in, like you obviously did and you're amazing musicians, songwriters, but that's something that's landing with everybody else and the work, continues and you continue to bring what people want to the table but if it's not working at what point do you just say uh you know i gotta try i should try something else and i'll just take this on as a hobby yeah yeah we had like a really just between the three of us like we had a really frank conversation i think at the start of 2020 where we were like do we want to do this like we don't have to do this 
do we want like are we here because we want to be here or because we feel like we have to be here because of some like obligatory you know mm-hmm. contract or like because we feel like we have we should or whatever and we had that real chat where we were like let's like go and work this out and everyone come back and be honest and we were like no 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 like we want to be here and i think that switched for us a lot of our like dynamic because then we were like we want to do this we just want to work out a way of like having like being able to like keep the lights on while mm-hmm. we do this um but then then everyone kind of like we all like i felt like we all kind of like relaxed a little bit because we were like oh we're actually here because yeah because we want to not because we feel like we have to and then i think the music everything just got more fun from Mm -hmm. that point onwards yeah i i thought it was interesting what you said jack earlier was that you you know you're trying to to uh, like arrive like chase something and then finally get there and it's like i've heard other musicians say like you never arrive, right? You, you never get there. Like you, you get to a certain point and then it's like, okay, well now I need to get to this point or I need to get to this point. It's like, if you sign a major label deal, I've also heard like, now you're at the table, you, you move from the kid's table to now you're at the, the table, but what are you going to do with it now? Like you're, you're not like, okay, now I get to hang up the cleats. You know, we did it. It's like, you always have to keep moving and moving and moving to keep it, you know, rele- stay relevant and, and, and active in what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've really wrestled with that big time. Just like, even, I don't know, even coming off tour, like, had a day off yesterday without traveling, without doing anything. And I was like resisting the urge all day to like go sit at my computer and start writing, start working on the next thing. And I'm like, can you just stop just one day? I always texted Locke about it. I was like, do you feel the same? Um, it's it's hard it's like it's a hard it's hard to stop because i think naturally as humans we grow we're changing every single day and you know you put that in like a i don't know the bloody capitalistic framework and Mm -hmm. off you go kind of vibe and it's like it's hard to kind of just sit sit back and go like wow i'm really grateful for what i have and i think that's something that i don't know really had to kind of reflect on sure um and reorganize, you know, what kind of terms and conditions you offer your life on. Like, right, right. You no. know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I've been reading this book uh, by Bell Hooks called All About Love. And it kind of talks all about like how like the foundation of life is love and all that, mm-hmm. you know, with stuff we all know and, and whatnot. But yeah, it's, it's been a really nice reminder to just like kind of, I feel like it's, it's injected a lot more kindness in the way I approach things and the way I like want to work and the way I speak to people. And, Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's moving a bit more away from this desire to like make this career something because right? it, it already is something It already is, you know, this beautiful thing that we can talk about with right. you and we can share with fans. And it was one of the really nice things about being back on the road is like this tangible connection with like a couple of hundred people every night. It's like, this is beautiful. This is, this is enough. This is mm-hmm. fantastic. And yeah, it's funny, man. I think my biggest frustration with this industry so much is that like it just needs to constantly be more and more and i think we kind of made a tongue-in-cheek comment about that on this record and you know it like wasn't like a massive commercial success but i think it would be ironic if it was like i think we'd probably be like whoops what did we do here but um yeah i don't know i just i'm man i'm just personally just trying to see things a little from a little bird's eye view at the moment and just right. not not like yeah just not be a Try and just not be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, no, you aren't. I mean, like I said, it's not like 
But even to go home and write and want to write every day, that's just because it's something that you need to do, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. you and that's what you've been doing. And and of course, that wouldn't be like a dickhead move. It's just like, I'm going to go home and write because that's what I, I need to write every day to keep me sane or whatever. And yeah. uh, not that you're writing, you're not, I feel like you wouldn't be, you're not like going to write just to be like, okay, we got to work on the next thing to put out the next record. It's like, that's probably just what, you know, some, you have to write because that's what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, yeah, it needs, it needs to be a have to rather than should or, or right. some other, you know, expanded reason or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, so would you say like, like obviously easier was a massive, massive record for you guys. Um, when does it, when do you guys leave Australia and land here in the U S was that with astronaut? Um, I feel like, like when did your success Sorry, start it, to be, to become like, you know, world, you know, like a big, like, like outside of, you know, what you guys are doing in, in uh, Australia. And then it kind of blows up to this bigger picture. Like, Oh wow. Like yeah. this is something that's really going I think, yeah, I think we noticed that with Astronaut. I think when Astronauts started getting, like, some solid radio play, we were like, whoa, like, let's go to America. Like, because we've mm -hmm. been there before and we tried to make waves and stuff. But, like, once Astronaut connected on the radio, we were like, whoa, here's, like, here's, like, a tour. Here's, and, and, you know, every night on that tour, I remember it was 2018, like, I wouldn't even need to sing the words to Astronaut and just hold out the microphone. And, right. like, and you're like, whoa, like you know this is amazing this is the power of radio this is the power of you know like a song that people are connected to so um yeah i feel like that was probably the the, the key that's the switch and i think that odessa collaboration too um, oh, sure kind of validated i don't know that like valid like i don't know just like made us go like here's mansion now we're, we're you know and this like odessa amazing like it was such an honor to be a part of that record and um yeah and you know we've just been cheaping away like it's so nice to be in australia we've had like a really awesome tour there just before we came here and um so yeah it's like it's yeah it's nice it's it's sick like it's fun to tour america and i think mm -hmm. it's like it's nice to there's just so many people and there's you know there's so many people to play with and play yeah. so. but to like land that i mean to, to yeah you get the radius thing and it's i'm sure that was probably the next i mean like a milestone for you guys like oh wow like this is connecting as far as radio goes and now we're showing up and people are knowing the words to our songs and just kicking the mic out into the crowd and not having to do that like that must like what was that feeling like it was insane i mean you know we <laughs> just some of the you know, some of the crowds we played to, even on like a shadow boxer tour in 2019, like uh -huh. playing to like 200 people in Salt Lake City. Like, you know, we're just, we're, as Locke said, like at the start of this call, like we're from this like quiet little peninsula in Sydney. Like we were in, playing a show to, you know, all these people in Utah. We're like, what the hell? This is amazing. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's so easy to like, you know, we've, we've wrapped the country like seven, eight times now. And it's yeah. like, it's still amazing. Like, it's it's i had this whole tour just being like wow there's people here that, that like our music that are here to see us like mm -hmm. it's yeah it's um it's uh, it's been it's been a real ride and i think that that again the tangible crowd and audience has been so rewarding versus sure. the internet versus just being on the internet because we were like early days internet band uh -huh. soundcloud hype machine so yeah it's fun to try and turn it into a bit more of a like physical community over just mm -hmm. like a, a numbers game 
Right, because that, that can get deceiving. I mean, you could look at your Spotify and be like, oh, wow, like, Easier has 60 million plays. Like, this is, like, below. if you think about, like, the amount of 60 million is, like, such a massive number, but you see it on probably a computer screen, and it's like, are, but are people going to be at the show? Is that going to turn into ticket sales yeah. or and everything else? But obviously it does, I mean, but to see those numbers, it's crazy. I mean, for context, 60 million people is, like, just under double the population of Australia. Right, right. Isn't that, I mean, like, that's what I've, I've talked to people. It's like when an influencer or somebody like shares your song versus like getting a radio spin nowadays. It's like if somebody that has 12 million followers talks about your song versus a radio station playing at once, like if you get played in, say, San Diego, that's only 4 million people in the whole county of San Diego. And if they even hear it, right? And now you have one person that's reaching 12 million, just like, oh, yeah, here. Which, yeah. you know, it's just bizarre how the reach of the internet, but to see it translate into to ticket sales and everything else is a different, different beast. We, we had that happen one time where we truly understood the power of the internet when one of the guys from BTS uh-huh. listened to our song on like, wasn't even, wasn't even listening to it properly. Like it was like on a live stream and he goes, he goes, Oh, I like this song. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I got a, I got a notification on my phone from Twitter just being like, Hey, <laughs> something's happening on your Twitter right now. Like, uh- just like notif- being like you're getting lots of notifications about something. Yeah. like what is happening we didn't even clock on it and then we were like oh v from bts has said that he not even that he liked that song just that he was like oh what song is this and that was enough <laughs> we were like, okay. that's it's so wild i mean it's that's so crazy like the power of just one voice saying something uh about you guys about your band but um well so the pandemic hits obviously you had a tour scheduled where where was uh this record in this whole thing were you were you already writing happiness guaranteed or was this some project that began post pandemic um it had mostly been written between August 2019 and November 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, you know, we added songs and we changed them, but like the, the core theme of the record to a degree and the music at least was, um, was kind of there. Um, yeah. Which was kind of frustrating because like we had written the song more before the pandemic and I was like, this is really like, tugging on my heartstrings and then the pandemic happened and i think everyone was like oh it's about the pandemic i don't want to listen to it i'm like oh right um but yeah and then then we did the collaborations um in 2021 just because we were like we had all this time and the record like we had written a bunch of songs together and we were still in like lockdown in and out of lockdowns and we're like let's like mix the formula up let's shake it up and um yeah i mean that's kind of how it started like we kind of just jumped off tour at the end of 2019, took a month off and then dug straight into it, went and jammed in a cabin for a while and then, you know, started producing the record. We worked with a guy called John Gilmore, um, who were like big fans of the way he like engineered like a lot of this 1975 records. And oh, so wow. we were like send, sending um, 
like he produced helped us produce a couple of songs and he mixed the record and yeah i mean it was funny we had big plans like i really wanted to go to the uk and we obviously didn't do that but um yeah it was weird it was like it was also like uninterrupted like it was very like focused work which i think is why we finished the record really quickly but then we just waited heaps long to like be able to release it because everyone was like don't release music right now it's, right it's right may- mayhem out there because it's like yeah well yeah you guys waited up until what a couple months or last month was it april or two months ago that you put the record out so you yeah. probably have been sitting on it for a while was it difficult not to go back and tweak things or was it like okay it's done let's just put it over here and we're not going to look at it or talk you know have anything to do with it until it comes out i think it informed like side b i think we were like here's like here's the early happiness guarantee like the stuff we we're working on like right after shadow boxer and then the collaborations was like and here's the stuff that we did when we thought the pandemic was going to be over but it wasn't and like that way you know it kind of like Oh, like sure. We had this like really full circle roundness of, you know, of the music that we had been working on. And with, man, we work on so much music. Like, we, you know, Locke and I started writing with other people, and like Locke's like produced heaps of records and stuff. Like, we just had so much time, and it was so fun just to make music because, because we could. And like, mm-hmm. you know, there was no touring. And so you were trying to fill this like hole of like time that we had. Um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, it's, I think it's an explanation to why there's so many like solo projects out right now is because like everyone's bands have like finished their records and they're like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And a lot of people, yeah, we're sitting around here. I wrote this whole album, not even knowing that it was going to be an album or whatever. And it's like, well, I'll just put it out because it doesn't sound anything yeah. like my band or this. Um, well, so yeah. you, so were the, coll- so the collaborations uh-huh. that came like strangers and empty promise, those were all like pandemic, but pre were more of the, those first, the hand, that first batch of music or no, am I lo- wrong? Um, I'm trying to think. Strangers was written in 2019. Okay. So not all the ones that have a feature on it are all, are all new, newer. Yeah. I, I think we just like, we were just digging into our hard drives. just trying to find ways to like stay entertained and keep okay. making music. So, but um, like the Vandalux, the Kim T, um, what else? Yeah, a couple of those were like were were like lockdown projects okay. via Zoom. <laughs> That's crazy. Was it weird writing over Zoom? Oh man, we got so used to it. I mean, our <laughs> band's always our band's always written over the internet. Like there's, you know, I didn't meet Alex when we released our first song. You know, like it was. It's like it's so easy. Like technology's amazing right now to, to yeah. just like write a song to work on something do some ad prod you know like it's <laughs> it's a it's it's nice being in a room but sometimes it's also nice just like working on your own and you know or elevating someone else's idea without them interrupting you <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome well congratulations on the record i mean it's awesome i love the song uh mirror me that i i listened to that like 30 times oh, I love man, it's, yeah you. it's it 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 like it's you know getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then it kind of drops out and it's more mellow and then it kind of builds up again and then it, it, like I just love the feel to the to that record. Yeah, I mean that's one of the oldest, very very oldest Mansionaire songs that we had like never recorded. And Is that right? Finally, yeah, we like wrote it in like 2015 or something, and we toured it like we was like the opener to our show for like two years. And we, but like, you never, never wrote it. The, wow, how wild! Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, like, I think that song's amazing. 
Yeah, thank you. You can find like a, um, I think we played it at South by Southwest. There's like a video online of us playing it in like 2015, maybe. Really? I got to go find yeah. that. It's like I'm sure it sounds quite a bit different than the recording or no. I think we were just, we were really hung over that day. We did that show. So. <laughs> okay. But like the stylistic, like musically everything, you guys just kept it as it was when you recorded it? I think oh, we, wow. when we when we made it, we when we wrote it back then, we were like, "Oh, this is a bit too bandy," and we thought we were a bit more of like an electronic sort of act. And then when we made this record, when we made Happiness Guaranteed, we were like, "Oh, there's quite a lot of like band live drums. Like this song actually really, really fits in well with this the the songs around it." Uh-huh. So it was really, and we and maybe we knew how to make it. We could never record it the way that we heard it live, weirdly enough. So, like, now on this record, we, we finally got it to a place where, like, ah, that actually, the recording does the, the live version justice, which mm-hmm. is something that, we, yeah, we just could never, never quite get up to this point. Well, I love that song, man. I, I love the record, but yeah, that one still really stuck out to me. I'm like, gosh, this is such a good one. I kept going back to it. <laughs> How interesting that it was one of your oldest ones. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, I, I've taken up to way too much of your time and I appreciate you doing this today. Thank you both so much for, for hanging out. I've had so much fun. Thanks, yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks for the time. Yeah, yeah. I do have one more quick question before I let you both go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Mm. I feel like I've peppered it through this interview. But you I, have. I you just, definitely have. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Do it because you have no other desire to do anything else with your time. Like, if you love it and you want to do it because it, like, makes you feel complete or makes you feel like you're, like, shining a light onto something that you can't ever talk to anyone about or, you know, it just actually just makes you feel better than you did without doing it. That's why you should do it. That's my advice. It's, it. it's make, make and make and make and make because, yeah, because you love it and nothing else because at the end of the day, you can, have, you can be – as successful as you ever thought you'd be and you're still going to be sitting back in that room on your own writing songs. That's, that's the point. That's always the point. I love it. What about you, Locke? Do you have any advice? Um, maybe more just for like, it's like a thing I talk, the thing I really struggled with for a long time and a thing that I talk to like a lot of people about and it seems to be a really common thing is that like maybe more so in the, producer electronic world is that finishing a song is its own skill like its own it's really really you know it's it's one set it's one skill to like start a song and write and like blank canvas and throw tons of stuff at it but it's another it's a it's a separate skill to go all right now I'm gonna like sit with this song and do the meticulous like clicking and and finish this thing and like be okay working on music once that like maybe that initial little like flicker of passion has gone that you get when you start a new idea and you're like oh wow like this is the potential of of this idea like that's ultimately going to fade um 
and that's okay. And like going and finishing that one little bit of, of a song is like a hard thing to do. It's okay that it's hard to do. And like, yeah, practice finishing things and then it gets a lot easier.